Welcome to the Culture Coordinator Podcast, Episode 12. I'm your host and founder of the Culture Coordinator, Kurt Earl. Today, I'm going to be talking about some significant but actually rather subtle changes we've made in the weight room that have really helped us see some big gains over the last six to eight weeks. And the point I really want to hammer home is that these changes have more to do with culture than they do with program design or anything else. You're going to love it. Hey guys, I'm excited to be back on the microphone and uh, sharing a few things that have been very successful for us in this off-season in the weight room. And I would say that over the last six weeks or so, our off-season program has seen some of the best gains in terms of strength, power, vertical, all those kind of things that we've seen maybe in that short of a time ever. And I don't mean to imply that we have the best group of athletes necessarily ever. I mean to say that we have gone from where we were six weeks ago and made some of the greatest progress I think we've seen in that amount of time, maybe since I've been there and I've been working as the strength and conditioning coach or one of the coaches the whole 12 years that I've been at Lincoln Christian School. And uh, some of you listening to this, you, you have a strength and conditioning coach that does that full time in your building. And some of you are like me, you're at a smaller school where you can't really afford to have two different full-time positions. And so you double as the head coach or the offensive coordinator or whatever, and as the strength and conditioning coach. And I just wanted to share some ways in which I think culture has contributed to the success that we're having uh, in terms of just improvement in the weight room. And obviously, there's a lot to do in order to make sure that that improvement in the weight room carries over to the field but uh, we will be doing that work, of course, in the months to come, leading up to August and the start of the season. The things that I wanted to share, I think, have made a difference um, because it's, it's helped kids to focus daily on where they want to go, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to accomplish it, how we are helping them accomplish those things uh, in the weight room. I think a big part of why we're seeing some great gains and some some really strong improvements is because we've got more and more of our athletes right now doing some work on their own. Our weight class, weightlifting class, uh, is relatively short and I keep the before and after school workouts relatively short as well. If you're in there longer than 45 minutes, it's that's a pretty rare deal. And we do that out of necessity because we just simply can't have a longer class than that with some of the scheduling difficulties we face because we have Bible class every day and whatnot. Um, Some of our classes are a little shorter than the average uh, class period so we can get everything in each day. But at the same time, uh, I also want to make what we do in lifting not necessarily a bare minimum, but I think more of what Tim Ferriss might say, the minimal effective dose. What we're trying to do is get as much as we can done in a minimum amount of time that is very effective. Not just to limit time for the sake of limiting time, but for the sake of respecting time in the weight room and maximizing every moment and getting everything we can out of it. So I don't think we're doing anything special in terms of 
how many sets and reps we're doing, what exercises we're doing. That's not what I think is leading to the, the improvement that I'm seeing right now. What I do think is special is I have renewed my efforts on building culture in there and making sure that we are drawing our attention, our minds, our motivation towards what we're really trying to accomplish. And so here's some ways that I'm doing that. Number one, I use Rack Performance. Rack Performance is a software that you can get online. It's an online software. And what it does is it serves as the organizer of the weight room. And my student athletes, when they are in the weight room, uh, the easiest way to explain this probably is to say that those student athletes are assigned a color. Maybe it's blue or red or black or white. And when they are in the weight room, there is a projection uh, on, on the wall where Rack Software is constantly telling them what to do. So if you're a blue, you're doing squats, and then it rotates, and maybe the blues then are doing dumbbell rows, and then at some point they're spotting the people doing squats or uh, whatever combination of lifts you put together. I mention this because I think Rack Performance is a key part of how I'm building a better culture because that frees me up. I am not, I am no longer um, serving as the, you know, the organizer or the supervisor. And if you can hear that thunder and lightning, I'll, I apologize. It's it's pretty good storm outside right now. But I'm no longer serving as the organizer uh, of uh, the the super or the supervisor who is who is constantly checking to see if kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Instead, the software does that. And again, that's Rack Performance. It's a $500 annual membership. Uh, we're up for renewal right now after using it for a year, and it's a no-brainer cost uh, as far as I'm concerned because it creates a situation in which accountability is sort of built in. Yes, you could just stand there and not do what you're supposed to, but it's a lot easier if I see a kid who's not doing much and it kind of seems to me like they're slacking for me to just say, hey, what color are you? And they'll tell me red or blue or black or whatever. And I'll be like, well, shouldn't you be doing this? And it's a quick way to get people back on track. So that's the first thing in terms of building culture that I wanted to share with our weight room and why I think we're seeing some success right now. The second thing I wanted to share is that we're doing something very simple, but I think yet very important at the very beginning of each workout. We're giving kids 30 seconds to silently, on their own, contemplate what their goals are for the upcoming season or the season that they're in. What are some things they're trying to accomplish and achieve in the short run, in the weight room, and in the long run in their athletic careers? Where are they headed as student athletes? And to contemplate that just for a few seconds. And right before I do that, I remind them how this workout that they're about to go through and experience is uniquely designed to help them with one of those things. So maybe it's a strength day and that all-out strength is a big part of what they need to build and develop in order to achieve their goals. Maybe it's a day that's focused more on power development or on speed development or on agility or whatever it might be. So I'm explaining that quickly and then giving them 30 seconds to think about their goals, their purpose, and their motivation. And we'll get back to the motivation here in a second. But I think over the last couple weeks when we've implemented that, that's really made a big difference because now every lift is better seen, not perfectly seen, but better seen as a stepping stone along the journey that they're trying to complete as student athletes. 
The next thing that we have done is that we have tracked our progress better than ever. I think all of you in some way, shape, or form are keeping track of how much weight you did last week, how much weight you're doing this week. You're tracking things. We, we have one tendo, if you're familiar with that. So that's how you track bar speed and some of the power movements to make sure you're moving the bar fast enough to really have the, the training effect you're looking for. So we track that bar speed. We um, are looking at, you know, what size box did you jump on? How What rubber bands were you using? This is all stuff that's relatively fundamental, basic 101 strength and conditioning. But I think you can easily start to sort of let the details slip on that. And I have really challenged our kids to get back into that and not let those details slip and to record the details and track our progress. And it's been really fun these last six weeks. We can see where some of our athletes were six weeks ago for their two rep max in squat or bench or power clean. And now this week we just retested that and, and we can see these huge gains. Uh, and I say huge. I guess not all of them have been huge. But we've significant yeah, for almost every athlete, except for maybe a few who, you know, are in season and didn't get as many chances to really train through uh, weeks and some of those kind of things. But generally speaking, really good, solid gains. And so, uh, you know, I would just encourage you to renew your commitment to that. A third thing we're doing is that I asked each of the students to set two behavior goals for the six weeks. And these behavior goals had some special requirements. First, their behavior goals. So we're not talking about a goal to increase your squat by 20 pounds or to um, gain five pounds of muscle. Those are what I call achievement goals. So we're focused instead on behavior goals. And behavior goals <clears throat> are all about choices you can make. And more specifically, choices you can make beyond the weight room. So I explained to them that choosing to work hard and do all your lifts and do it with great technique are not behavior goals we're talking about. And I also explained, in fact, that those aren't really goals. Those are just flat out expectations. And if you're not going to do those things, you're not even ready to set goals because you're not even you're not even up to par with the standard minimum. So these behavior goals are things they could do outside of the class and the behavior goals also are things that they're choosing to do that they can evaluate on a daily basis. So here's what happens. At the end of every workout, there's two little spots on the workout sheet where we're tracking everything for the athletes to ask themselves, did I achieve my behavior goal number one and my behavior goal number two on over, oh, I'm sorry, over the last 24 hours? So they set two behavior goals and each of them needed to be evaluated on a daily basis. So <clears throat> maybe it was to drink four water bottles, of, four of my favorite water bottles worth of water <clears throat> every day. Excuse me, guys. And so they had to ask themselves every day at the end of the workout, over the last 24 hours, did I drink four of my favorite water bottles worth of water? Because their goal was to be better hydrated. <clears throat> but I told them to simply desire to be better hydrated and to set that as a goal is too vague and ambiguous. You've got to do some things to make it concrete and measurable. Some of them wanted to eat better. Well, okay, fine. What is one thing we can do to ensure that you're eating better? So some of them set goals based on, you know, did I get um, three or four servings of vegetables in? Did I 
stay away from sugars. Some of them maybe wanted to kick caffeine. I don't know about what all of them had for goals, but it was things you had to be able to measure on a 24-hour basis. Some of them set goals in regards to sleep. Some of them set goals in regards to time management because we've been talking about how important that is for being successful. <clears throat> so anyway, that goal setting was really important. Behavior goals, which are goals that involve the choices you can make and setting goals beyond the weight room, not the way you choose to act in the weight room, but outside of the weight room in things that matter and impact how successful you can be in the weight room. <clears throat> the next thing we did was I created a space right there by the behavior goals on the back of their sheet every day where they had an opportunity to evaluate what was their primary motivation throughout the workout. And if you're familiar with some of the stuff that um, I've put together in terms of motivation, you know that we've got the levels of motivation starting at the bottom with fear and people who are motivated by fear work hard to avoid negative consequences. And it goes all the way up <clears throat> to people who are motivated by a love for the team work hard to achieve the team's goals. And then if you are a Christian school, I've got one um, as well that says people or players who are motivated by the uh, a love or the love that Christ has for them work hard in response to the gospel. The point with all that is that every day they were circling which of those motivators motivated them the most. And so at the end of the workout, they were asking themselves, did I achieve my two behavior goals over the last 24 hours? And what really motivated me today? And I think the combination of those two things really helped them see, am I taking steps forward in my choices? And what is it that's motivating me? And that caused them to think about their motivation more and more throughout the workout. And I can't help but think that that also improved their performance lift to lift. I also, I think I also mentioned earlier that, you know, we're getting more and more kids to do work outside of the weight room. And I think this contemplating of their motives is part of what inspired them to go out and do work on their own time, get some extra lifts in, et cetera, et cetera, um, because they were coming um, face to face, so to speak, with their own motivations on a daily basis and realizing that they have goals, that they have dreams, that they want to be a part of the team, that they want to do some things that require hard work in the weight room, and they're connecting those dots. Again, when you think about connecting the dots, you got to get back to <clears throat> um, the beginning of the workout where I'm saying, here's how this workout will help you. What are your goals? Here's how it will help you. Contemplate those things for 30 seconds. Think about what your motivation, what motivation or what you want your motivation to be today, and then let's crush this workout together. And so we're just doing a lot of things to help them really get into that mindset where they're evaluating their thinking and their motives. Important, important reminder here, coaches. Let their motives be what their motives are. You cannot force a person to move up a level and to be motivated um, by better and better things. The, t the player who is motivated by fear will only work hard when you're watching them and you're threatening them. That is an unfortunate situation, but you can't make them move up. And you shouldn't be judging them either. Don't hold their level of motivation against them. That's who they are. That's where they're at. Love them where they're at.
they're at. Here's what you can do to help them move up. And this is another big part of why I think we've seen such improvement in work ethic and in achievements and results in terms of being able to move more weight, et cetera, et cetera. So here's what you can do. You can make discussions about your uh, weight room. I'm sorry, you can make discussions about motivation, a key component of your weekly routine in the weight room. So here's what I mean by that. We do a pretty classic split schedule, um, big power, what we call a power day uh, on, on Mondays, so like power cleans, box jumps, that kind of stuff. Big strength day on Tuesdays where we're, we're doing 5x5 five five or 5x3 five and we're really getting after it. Wednesdays are a light day with some agility and we'll get back to Wednesdays because this is what I'm talking about. Thursdays are a lighter power day. We focus a lot on speed, a, a, a bar speed. We, we measure the bar speed with our Tendo. Um, we're, we're measuring uh, things like we're using our XPO sprinter to really sprint against resistance. Uh, we're doing some of those kind of things. Friday is what, what I, I teach them. I call it strength endurance. It might be called a hypertrophy day. It might be, uh, you know, some of you might label it a metabolic circuit type of day. Okay, now I, I lay that out because here's what we've been doing as part of our weekly schedule. On Wednesdays, when we have a lighter day and we work a little bit of agility, we've been concluding Wednesdays with about a five to 10 minute conversation, maybe more like six to eight minute conversation about the levels of motivation. Um, and if you don't know what the levels of motivation are, I'll, I'll, I'll include in the show notes the graphic that I use to help explain it. So the levels of motivation are, are, are on this big, uh, uh, well, excuse me, sorry. So I have printed the levels of motivation on a huge chart what I call the motivation chart. And so when we have these conversations, you have to kind of come over to that part of the weight room where it's hanging on the wall. And I think it's a three by six poster banner thing. Okay, and it sits, uh, hangs vertically, three feet across and six feet down. And the levels are just right there. And I will say, read, you know, if we're on, if we're on the first one, I'll say, read, read what a player who is motivated by fear is motivated by. You know, what does that look like? And I'll say, what are the strengths and weaknesses how does that look different than someone who's motivated by shame? And we start comparing and we start talking and they start to learn all of these things about what is motivating them. And so that's every Wednesday and they start, we've had great discussions. I've been blown away. And some of the kids that you think aren't thinking that much about these sorts of things have some great things to share. I mean, it's been really awesome uh, to have those conversations. And I guess this would be a good time for a shameless plug. If you if you want to know more about those motivations and if you want to know more about how all that fits together and if you want to even give your kids an assessment to let them discover what is motivating them, um, then you should become a member of the Culture Coordinator because um, you the motivation assessment that evaluates where each individual player is and collectively evaluates how they collectively come to together and, and form the motives of the team in general is a big part of the culture coordinator membership. In fact, I think it's worth the $60 annual cost alone because you get this great summary and you learn all about the motives. And I'm cranking out, uh, hopefully in the near future, one of my big plans for June is to develop uh, lesson plans 
uh, for these six to eight minute talks so that you as coaches can know what sort of questions to ask in order to challenge your athletes with these motives and uh, really um, grow them in their understanding of what is motivating them. So all that being said, let me just recap real quick. We're at the 20 minute mark here so of me talking. So let me just real ca- recap real quick what we have been doing. We've been drawing our athletes' attention to their goals, to the purpose of the workout, and to their motivation for 30 seconds of silent time where they just contemplate those things right before we work. We've had them set two behavior goals, which are focused on choices they can make, and those goals are evaluated every day, and they, they have to decide if they were successful or unsuccessful over the last 24 hours in their behavior goals. We have challenged them to consider what was their primary motivator each day at the end of every workout. We have tracked what we are doing very closely, much more detail than ever before, we have had discussions on Wednesdays, six to eight minute conversations on each of the levels of motivation. And I think all of that has really helped us to work harder and more focused and more intentionally and with greater purpose in our workouts. I think it's caused a lot of our athletes to go get some extra work done on their own at the gym or whatever it may be. It's caused some athletes to come into our weight room twice a day to get work done. They go to, they come to the before and after school sessions or they come during their in-class session because they're in the class and then they come before and after school. It's caused our athletes to do a number of things and I'm excited about all of them. All that to say, we have gotten big results in the last six weeks and I think we've turned a corner, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. We've coached not just their bodies, but their minds and their hearts. And that's what we're after, right, guys? I think I think we've made perhaps the most significant impact in my 12 years at Lincoln Christian these last six weeks. And that's, that's a big claim because I think we've had a lot of good success. And I'm very proud of the work we've done over the last uh, decade plus that I've been there. And so I hope that this encourages you. If you've got some questions, reach out. You know, hit me up at CultureCord on Twitter. Send an email to culturecoordinator14 at gmail.com. Do some things to connect with me. If you're curious about how membership opens the door for you to really know how to use this motivation stuff uh, to build your culture, let me know at those places. Ask questions. Get that stuff in front of me. And I'll make sure every question you have is answered. And when you're comfortable, we'll get you signed up for a membership. Uh, But you can learn a lot. Uh, just by thinking about these things and interacting with me uh, a bit on Twitter as well. So all that to say, I hope this is useful to you. I hope you find a way to really build and develop your program even further than you already have and that you're using some of these things in your weight room program uh, soon or in your practices soon and that you're, you're just really continuing to grow in your ability to build culture, set the culture, um, bring everybody together in your culture. So good luck, guys, and and thanks for all you do. God bless. Huge change often comes as the result of the accumulation of dozens and dozens of details. 1,000 details equals one big difference. And I think, to some extent, 
That's the lesson that has been reinforced and retaught to myself through these six weeks in the weight room. We've done better than ever before on lots of little things and making lots of little adjustments and it's made a huge change. What can you do to make the same kind of changes?